Well, it's good to see everyone here today. Um, I'm, for those of you regular people here, I'm Jim Del Campo. You know that. For those guests here, I'm the lead pastor. Been the lead pastor for 27 years. Started this church in the back room of my house 27 years ago. I was like four years old about that time. But uh, I just want to let you know that if you're a guest with us today, that uh, kind of had the saying here: if you're not perfect, you're going to fit right in. And amen. Ain't nobody perfect here. And, and I like to think of us like this. We're just a group of people who little by little, we get a little bit better every day through Jesus Christ. That we are moving towards wholeness in every way, but we won't be fully whole until we see Jesus face to face. But we're getting there, okay, little by little. So we're getting there. So at times I'll offend you, you'll offend me. We still love each other, Amen. That's what adults do. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray because uh, we we're starting off a new series today. I'm really excited about it. We had a great time in first service. So let's pray. God, we are so grateful. Yeah, we've gone through stuff in our lives. Yeah, there's been pain. Yeah, there are wounds. But we're alive. And we're grateful, God, that we're still alive. God, that we can do great things still in our life and help others. Holy Spirit, thank you for being so present in our life. There's nothing like experience, coming to church to experience the presence of God. And now, I hope and I pray that this message will just make sense, that it won't just be truthful, it will be useful. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say... I mean, first you down to your neighbor and say, nice shoes, then you may be seated right there. You know, when my son Dylan, I have three kids, three great kids, and uh, my son Dylan was 14, 15 years old. How many of you, uh, you have kids and they skateboard in the backyard or go to skate parks, but... Anybody, did they ever skate in the backyard, skateboard in the backyard? Okay, yeah, ours too, and the, all the neighbor kids or friends would come over, and somebody gave us this quarter pipe, and they had in the backyard still there, and somebody gave us one of those, they'd go grind on that pipe, is that what it's called? A grind rail or something like that? You know, I'm really hip with the terms, but a grind rail. So they would do that, and uh, how many of you, when they'd skate in the backyard, you have... Um, remnants of those skateboards going flying when they fell off and they have those, you have dents at the bottom of your outside wall. Anybody have those right there? Or, out, or your back door? Anybody have those besides the Del Campo home? We, we have those. Those are remnants of a prehistoric era of skateboarding when the kids were younger. One day, one of my son Dylan's friends comes running in the house. He says, Dylan's hurt, Dylan's hurt. And I, I looked at Olivia, I said, well, let me finish my five tacos, and then I'll get out there. And I didn't say that. I didn't say that, but you'd like to say that. But anyway, um, so we run outside, and Dylan is on the ground writhing in pain. Now, let me show you. He broke his arm. This was the way his arm looked. This part went to here, and then this part was down like that. I mean, it was a complete break of the arm. And I looked at it, and he's in pain. I mean, he's in pain. I said, Olivia, you know, we might as well go get dinner and a movie because nothing's going to change. No, I didn't say that right there. But, uh, but uh, we, 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 we got him, sp put a kind of a makeshift splint on him and got him in the car and drove him down to Kaiser. And when a kid's in pain like that, they, they rushed the kid right in. 
and uh, get him in there and we're outside waiting and you know, uh, you know I'm thinking to myself well if he's going to be in there a couple hours the theater's right here and I didn't think that either <laughs> but, uh, but so um, so finally they bring us in there and he's, you know, he's, he's medicated a bit and you can see he's been through a lot and they've got the cast on him because I guess they maneuver back in place I would not want to be a doctor but they maneuver back and cast on and uh, we take him home and the rest is history he healed up here's my question or here's my state. here's my observation have you noticed that when we break something like on our body we are quick to go to the doctor with a physical break are we not? Get rid of this pain, fix it now. But when it comes to emotional breaks and pain from our past, we are not quick to heal up or go get help on that, are we? We'll just tuck it down in. We'll pretend it's not there. And you can never pretend it's not there. Don't, don't kid yourself. It just comes flying out in different ways, typically through relational connections. And then as life goes on, because, you know, we incur more pain. And with each little pain that comes, that's more water and negative sunlight on it, and the roots grow deeper. Until we start to look at life and interpret life abnormally instead of normally. And then we start to have a little bit of problems in our relationships, and we wonder why. Look, I'm starting a series today, and it begins right now. It's going to be a good series and today we're going to look at these past hurts because these past hurts they pass into the present has anyone noticed that? that you cannot escape it you, cannot pre- you can pretend it's not there but it is infecting and affecting you right now even as we sit here this series is called Us I'm starting today and, and, and it's not the movie like I said last week the Us is a matter of relationships and Us can be me and a friend relationship or a co-worker relationship or it could be a teammate relationship it could be a dating relationship for you marriage relationship sibling relationship family relationship us is everywhere around us and so we want to begin to look at these things and fix these things from our past that are within us we're going to delve into things like all I'm going to do in six weeks is I'm going to cover six different issues that uh, I've seen in my life. And I've seen it in, in over 30 years of talking to, counseling people, I've seen the same things. And so that scripture, there's a New Testament statement in the scroll of 1 Corinthians, and it says, there's no temptation but such as as common to man. And once you start talking and delving into these things, you start to realize that we all have the same issues and problems. Different degrees of it, but they are there. So we're going to delve in these things, and I think it's going to make a lot of sense if you stick with me. If you're watching at home, make a lot of sense. Now, we start every series, and we every week read whatever the verse is that we have felt led to pick out. And so turn with me to Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 29 and 30 Matthews one of the original 12 disciples new first first letter of the new testament and I want us to read it all together next week these scriptures will be on the screen as we read these three every week this is our key verses here they go are you are you in Matthew okay here we go is Jesus speaking Matthew penned it 
Jesus says, come to me. All. Who's all? It's all of us. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. You ever feel like life wears you down? And I will give you rest. I like that. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. I like that because this whole thing is built on finding peace and inner rest for my soul. The soul, by definition, this word here, is the inside me and you. It's the seat of all my emotions and everything I feel on the inside. God wants to bring peace and rest to the inside me. I, I, I like that a lot. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Don't you want to make life easier and lighter on you? Any amens on that one right there? I like it. And, and it's not about the outside. It's about the inside. So our tagline is this. Address the mess. Say that with me. Address the mess. Say it again. It'll make you feel better. Address. The... Now turn to your neighbor who you know and say, address the mess, buddy. Don't tell it to somebody you don't know. They might start a fight in church or something like that. Now, you may be offended by that statement that how dare you say I have a mess. We all have a little bit of a mess, guys. We all got some issues inside of us. So we're going to today look at let go. You want to let go of things from our past, hurts and pains from our past, because they are affecting us right now, today, in our relationships and the way we view life. Now... If I allow my past hurts to become the foundation of my life, and that's my platform of operation, then all my us relationships will lean towards an improper interpretation. Did you understand what I just said? Because the foundation is wrong when we do that. Now, here's what I mean. Let me give you some practical statements. It'll be on the screen, but it's in your notes also for your life group questions. But just let's go on the screen right now. When past hurts pass into the present, and this is not a comprehensive list. This is just some things. Here's some. I'm easily offended. Can anyone relate? Okay, good. And if you got offended, there you go. (laughs) I take most things personal. Anybody? Even things that shouldn't even be personal, huh? Because we look at life the wrong way. It's like, everything's personal. How about this? I tend to look to be hurt. Oh, there it is. I saw that facial expression. They don't want me around. Huh? Am, am I right? Right? My relationships fracture because I'm a fraction of what I should be. I thought that went up myself. I really like that. That's a real, I like it a lot. Um, I don't come up with new stuff very often, but... I obsess about people in unhealthy ways. It's in the head, huh? You think about them and think about them, huh? Anybody relate to that? What a waste of energy. I replay old negative tapes. What they did, oh man, eight years ago, one year ago, 25 years ago. We just replay. Anybody relate to that? I get irritated, impatient, and angry on a somewhat regular basis. Anybody? That's real fun, isn't it? How about this one? I put someone's face from the past on my current relationship. 
Now, you may say, I don't understand that. You will before it's done today. I guarantee you, my friend, you will. Now, with that said, if any of those things, and there are way many more, we don't have time to go over those, but this results in no interior peace, and then we make life hard for ourselves and for others, and Jesus came to make life a lot easier. Now, I've got a visual illustration, and it's going to take some audience participation. No, don't worry. It's, not, it's nothing that you're going to get embarrassed about at all, okay? Now, let's see who I'm going to, I mean, use here. Okay, if I only use you, because you always pick on me. You don't realize this guy's making comments at me for like for a couple of years now while I'm speaking. Okay, you get the most rocks, okay? Right. You hold those rocks. Okay? And we go, we, I spare no expense with the rocks. I went back, back here and picked up rocks, okay? I'm going to give you a rock. No, you don't get a bunch of rocks. Don't throw it at your mom. Take a rock, take a rock, take a rock, take a rock. Okay, I'm going to go over here, Carl. I'm going to give you a rock, okay? Because you're such a nice guy, I'm going to give you a rock. Just one more. Carl, I made him drop everything, man. Sorry, Carl. Okay, take a rock. 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 Okay, we'll, we'll just stop right there. Now, here's what happens in life. Now, let, pay close attention. We, go, we experience pain growing up somewhere. Something happens to us somewhere in the formative years, something. And it's traumatic, all of them, all of them. You get, boom. We start off with a bag of pain. Somewhere it happens, right? And then from there, as we move through life and we don't resolve the pain, then somebody does something, one rock. Somebody does something, another 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 rock. And then we continue life, and then somebody does something, another rock, another rock, another rock, another rock, and another rock, until pretty soon we got a bag of rocks we're lugging around in our emotions. Are you following me so far? Okay. And by the way, don't say they go, that's right, people don't. No. All of us have injured people. Can we just set that straight now? All of us. Yeah, just you too, Frank. All of us. Now, we lug all this stuff around and then we grow up and we become an adult. Well, in theory. Because I always tell people when I'm talking to them, I go, look, here's what's going on. You may be 45 years old, but how old do you think right now when you interact that way with your spouse? I'm about 12. That's right. You're emotionally a 12-year-old at that time. And this is true of many, many people. I had a face that went up myself. Now, when we carry on all this pain and we don't deal with the pain in our lives... Then we go into all kinds of different things like addictions and everything else to relieve the pain. But the problem with it is this. Once I grow up into a physically adult body, I'm not a child anymore. But I got a bag of rocks and I got a lot of pain. And so when somebody does something to me, I pull out a rock. And you know what? I can throw some pretty good rocks as an adult, can I not? Because when I revert back to being 8, 10, 12, 13 years old emotionally, I can really do some damage, can't I? Because I got a bunch of rocks right here. Now, it gets even worse. And here's the part I want to show you. Because I, I, man, I, I, I brought a mask. The one I scare my wife with periodically. And I do. I put it on at night sometimes and I go, Olivia. It's so much fun. But I wore this mask years ago at Trunk or Treat. You know, scare the children. But, um. But here's what happens when we have all these rocks and all this pain in our life. Here's how it works, okay? Can I use it, guys? 
you won't get mad at me because because we know each other well. He might, but we know each other. <laughs> say, let's say you guys are debating. Well, let's call it. Let's say you're fighting, all right? Okay. And it starts a fight because nobody here knows what that feels like. So, right, now what happens is this, and let's just, I'm going to do a lot of pretend stuff right here. Now, you may just get so mad at him and react this and that, and all of a sudden you're just going, and you're sitting there going, I don't even know what I did. Have you ever felt that way? Don't say yes, that's a pretend time, okay? <laughs> Yeah. So what happens in many cases, what happens in many cases is we take, I'm going to just pick on you, we take the face from the person who hurt us in the past, are you following me? And then we put it on the person in the present, no, I'm going to put it on you, put it on the person in the present, and all everything in us comes spewing out at them, right? That's right. Because what happens is all the emotional pain from our past that we built up, built up, built up, and never dealt with in life. The moment something happens in the present, because we never relieve the past, all of that emotion, all of that connection comes swelling up into us right now, and it comes spewing out in our grown-up bodies. Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about? Yeah, because we've taken the face from the past, and we've put it on a person in the present in our life. And now we become very dangerous. And one of you here, your spouse is probably thinking, preach it, brother, because sometimes I don't even know why he or she is mad at me. I don't even know what I've done. Oh, it's because something from the past is coming. They're not fighting you. They're fighting, they're angry at somebody in the past because they've never relieved the issues of their life. Am I making sense to anybody right now? Yeah, okay, good. So from this point then, we're going, to, we're going to jump off this platform because if we don't resolve this situation, there's all kinds of issues that just spew up and our relationship, our us stuff will not work. So here's what I want to tell you. Here's, our, here's a big truth right now. Put it up on the screen, guys. And that is this. A fixed me is a fixed us. Say that with me. You will feel so much better. A fixed me. Say it again. Say it again. A fixed me is a fixed us. What does that mean? If I work on me, if I start fixing me, it will fix all my us relationships. You mean it's going to change them? Not really. But it's going to change me. And it'll change the way I can relate to others. It'll change the way I interact with people. It will probably save a lot of marriages. It'll save a lot of friendships. It'll save a lot of families. It'll save a lot of et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It'll save some of us from going into an addiction to resolve the inner pain, which never resolves if you don't deal with it correctly. It'll save a lot of things in our life if we just deal with these issues. Now, we're going to talk about how. How, how do we get rid of this stuff? How do we deal with these things um, in, in our life? Well, I'm not going to teach you anything that's new. In fact, and there's nothing new I'm going to tell you I'm going to take you into what we just should do, but we just don't do it. We, I guess we like that broken arm. We just like it. We like the pain. We like living in it. And we don't go out and get fixed emotionally or spiritually. So here we go. I'm going to give you three things a day. And the first one is this one. And you know and that is release the offenders. You got to release the offenders. Now, what does that mean? Well, let's put that verse on the screen. And let me read it to you. This is Jesus speaking. Watch what he says. Do not judge and you will not be that's right read on do not condemn and will not be condemned that's right read on pardon and and you'll be pardoned that's right so 
Write this down if you're a note taker, and that's this, that the word pardon there, it means to let loose from, to let loose from. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, when you pardon somebody, the offenders from the past or from yesterday, whatever they are, then I let loose from my mental torture chamber. You know what it's like to torture somebody in your head. Anyone know? Raise your hand if you know, because I know what that feels like to torture somebody in my head. Yeah, we just torture them and torture them and torture See, See, that's why life doesn't get lighter because we just spin it and spin it and we don't let them loose. Question, who is the real prisoner? Louder? That's right, that's right. They're over in, uh, riding the Matterhorn having a great time right now and you're inside going, oh, I hate that person so much. <laughs> and then we're here going, oh, praise you, Lord. Well, we're the prisoner. Now, somebody here is thinking, but preacher, they've never asked for forgiveness. Oh, wow, okay, yeah, you're right there. What if they never do? Are you going to sit there and just be tortured, torturing them in your mind? Are you going to sit there and be that way and then take it out on everybody around you? Is that what you're going to do? How many, when you say that out loud, what I just said, it makes no sense, right, to do that? It doesn't make any sense to do that kind of stuff. I mean, you just got to, you just got to release the offender. Well, they're over there, like I said, at the matter, or just release the offender. That's the first thing. I got to release them because there's a lot of attachment to it. And that leads to the next thing, and that's this. You got to eject the negative emotions attached to the event. So now you go into the emotional nature of your life. I've got to eject the negative emotions. I, I let them loose. I get them out of the mental torture chamber of my life. I quit obsessing about them because now I'm using the blood of Jesus to forgive the way I've been forgiven. Any amens on that one right there. Now, do this on your own because I didn't have time to really do this part out and I'm not a specialist in this area, but I, I read a lot. Psychological studies will tell you that if we hold unforgiveness, we will have mental issues. Oh, we will. And we will have physical issues. And we will have communication issues with humans. If we don't learn to forgive, we have to learn to eliminate. And we'll have so much stress in our life because we spin it and spin it and spin it in our head. Let me tell me something. The emotional attachment, this is why some of us in this room, we can blow up fast. So we get sad, don't we? While we're a little bit moody, huh? While we react at any little thing and people are going, why are they reacting at that, huh? That's why some of us veer towards depression. That's why some of us are untrustworthy. We don't trust people, right? We accuse people of this. We accuse people of that because there's so much junk inside of us because our emotions are tied to all these past events. We've got to address the mess in our life. If I fix me, I fix all my S's. Watch what Jesus said. He said this. Read it with me. And forgive us our debts. As all, as we all said, forgiven our debtors. Now write this down if you're a note taker. The word forgiven there, it means to send away. I got to send it away. All the emotions. Once I loose them, I forgive them. Now I send away all the emotional attachment. When, look, I'll never forget what people did to me. But I can release the emotional part of it that seems to run my engine and take me back to being a 12-year-old. Now, so I've told you this before, and you obviously you could tell I work out. So, <laughs> Thank you. 
you're back on the team for clapping. <laughs> so, so I go. I went to the gym, and I've been going to LA Fitness South Corner for years. You go years, Jim? <laughs> no. So I'm on this treadmill machine, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm on this um, tricep machine. You know, I, I put it right, 240 pounds. <laughs> okay, I put on 80 pounds. But this machine, I, I know this machine now because it's been this way for a couple years. So I, I push it forward, and I got to be careful because I'll bust out of the shirt. But... <laughs> so, so I push it forward, and I know this machine now, but the first so many times I didn't know it. When it goes up to 80 pounds, there's one plate that sticks. So it's 95 pounds. And I'd be like, man, that, that's a lot. And I didn't realize it for so many times. Now I know it's there. So when I push it, I just go push a little bit and bang it back down and push up, and the, and the plate falls off. Let me tell you, some of us walk around just like that. You got plates that are sticking. And life is heavy. And it's heavy on the inside. And you're not letting go of the past. And you keep spinning it and spinning it and spinning it. And you think it's going to get better. It's going to get worse. If you fix you, you fix all your us. Because you will now have the love of Jesus in your heart to love anybody. Well, Jim, how, how, what, what do I do about it? This, this, is what I t- this is just what I tell people. And, and this because these are things that I, I've had to do in my life. I still have to do them in my life. And, and that's this. W- w- to get rid of the old negative emotions, you've got to talk these things out. Until they get outside of your mouth and talk it out. That's why you've got to get, get around people. And you know, some of you say, I can figure it out on my own. Let me tell you something. I've been in, I've been in ministry for 35 years. And I've, I've heard maybe five, four or five people in my life say, I, I, I got to figure it out. I can figure it out on my own. Every one of them made terrible decisions after that because you can't figure it out on your own. Disastrous decisions based on old negative emotions because I got it figured out. No, you don't. None of us do. We need people. We need to talk to people. We need to open up and share these things that are in us. Now, this is, you don't go around just blowing up on everybody because that's maybe the first time you'll blow up. Like, I've had a few people come in the office. The first time I crack them open stuff, they're blowing up, F-bombs flying, everything. I'm not going... No, it's like, okay, just get it out. The first time, you got to get it out the first time. So after this, we can just dialogue it. Let's get it out. But here's what I try to teach people. It's like, you've got to, yes, loose them, let it go, send away, but you've got to connect dots. And what do, what do I mean by connect the dots? Well, for, for instance, when... Um, I'll give you from my life. I've always been a real controlling type person. I know that's shocking. But I really am. And I've had to work really hard to to lessen up little by little because by nature, I want to control everything. But why do I want to control everything? Well, because as I've shared with you before, growing up in the home I grew up in, I can remember. I can remember my alcoholic father who was alcoholic every day in my growing up years in fact, all my life, but the last six, eight, nine months of his life. But I can remember being in the room. I'm five and six years old. My sister Lucia's there praying, and I'm crying. I can remember my dad outside the door saying, where's my gun? I'm going to kill myself. And he's in drunken rage. Now, you're six years old. That's traumatic. We were driving on Friday, and I had forgotten this part, and my sister Lucia brought this up as we're in the car, and she said, don't you remember when our dad used to Sometimes he'd go, where's my knife? I'm going to stab myself with a knife. And I go, yeah, I forgot about that. You're right. 
And so all these things, you know, so your life is so out of control. By the way, how many of you grew up in an alcoholic home? Raise your hand. Raise, please, raise it. Be honest. You know there's 80 million of us in America? Some of you weren't honest enough to raise your hand because you're in denial. 80 million of us have 16 issues in our life that if you don't face them and get some help with them and get some reading material, you will walk through life with blinders on thinking you're normal and it's abnormal. I remember the first time I looked at it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a mess. Connecting the dots. So because I grew up in an out-of-control world, guess what I grew up to want? Control. Because it's called either-or. I'm either all the way this way or I'm going to go all the way that way. That's not health. That's extremes. So I, I try to control everything. So I've had to back off. Can you imagine being a pastor and having to step out and take big risks that you have zero control of? It's brutal. It's brutal trusting God when you have control issues. But I had to step out little by little. And it, you know, it's easier, but it's never quite easy ever. So you got to start connecting dots as to why that is. I tell people you got to talk it out because simply, I, I like to use the word vomit, but I'd rather use the word puke, but you got to vomit out all your emotions, right? It's like you got to vomit out all these ugly things from the past, otherwise the emotional attachment, it keeps pushing us, and then we're 40 years old, and then all of a sudden we're acting like we're 8 years old in a marriage. Right? Am I right? And if both of you are acting that way with rocks in your hands, man, that's, that's a re recipe for disaster. And some of us know that in this room, don't we? You ever wonder, why are we 12 years old right now when we're both in our 30s? You ever wonder that? I mean, that's just a fact. I've counseled that so many times in life. Now, here, here's the thing. And let me, let me talk to you, those young adults or single person that one day you want to get married. Maybe you've divorced and you come out of it. Maybe you've been divorced three times and you're going to look to get married again. Whatever it is, you're single right now. If you don't embark on this journey of healing, what's going to happen is this. Did I show you my mask? I, I know then you're going to look for someone. You're going to say, oh, I, I met this person. And, but you're not going to say that. You're going to think to yourself, they're going to make me so happy. No, they're going to tick you off. Am I right, married people? It's okay to say it out loud. Sometimes you think to yourself, she, she just ticks me off. man." Right? And if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus and the love of Jesus... You're going to the moon, Olivia. And there's sometimes she probably wants to chop my head off in my sleep. Married people, is that not true? It's okay to say it out loud. Didn't you feel better saying that? Didn't you feel better acting like, okay, we're okay, you know, we got issues. That's job security for Pastor Eric Disney here. He always says that. He always says that's job security. Job se Don't you say that, Eric, all the time? Job security. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so they're going to make me so happy. And then they do something that reminds you of the face from the past, right? And here we go. They're not making me happy. They just ticked me off. And now we're going to fight because now I put the face from the past on the present because I have never dealt with any emotions, any issues in my life. And then we say it's all them. Are you out of your mind? How can it be everyone else but you? That's why people leave a relationship or move out of state. I'm getting away. You just took yourself with you. You're the common denominator in every broken relationship. Have you ever thought that? No, nobody? Okay, maybe I'm the only thing. Now, 
Okay, so what do we do now? Once we get to these two points, what's the next thing? The third thing is this. Change the meaning. Change the meaning. Now, what do I mean by that? Use it. Use your pain and your hurt from the past as you're releasing it, as you're letting go, as you're releasing them out of the mental torture chamber. Use it for good. And somebody think, are you kidding me, preacher? You know what happened to me? Well, no, I don't really need to. I can just tell you, use it for good. Because once you start healing up, you start using it for good. It changes your whole disposition. It changes your outlook on life. Now, if you have a Bible, if not, it'll be on the screen. Open your Bibles at Genesis chapter 50. And as you're turning there, and I'm turning there, let me give you the rundown before I read these verses, because I got to give you a background uh, before I read the story. This is about Joseph. Now, if you're new to the Bible, this is a great story. Joseph, who there's archaeological evidence, Joseph lived, this guy really did live um, 3,400 years ago. Um, Or longer, I should say. Longer than that. 38, 3,900 years ago. But um, his brothers, there's there's 12 brothers, and the 11 brothers, or 10 of the 11, they don't like him, and they sell him into slavery as a 17-year-old high school senior and he's caravaned off to another country, Egypt. How many know that's pain? He gets there, he goes on the slave block, and they sell him to a man named Potiphar. And now he's there, high school senior, he's a slave. Eventually the wife of this man Potiphar wants to have sex with him, but he's a moral man, he says, no, I'm not going to do this. So she accuses him of rape, didn't happen, and they throw him into prison. More pain, how many know that? More pain. And then time goes by. Years are going by. And then he, he can interpret dreams. God has given him that gift. And either the cupbearer or the, or the baker, I cannot remember, I always get him confused. But um, he has a dream. Joseph interprets a dream. And he's going to relate it. And he's going to get out of prison. And Joseph says, just please remember me. Tell Pharaoh, please remember me. Does the guy remember him? No, he didn't do anything for him. More pain. Rejected by his brothers, rejected by Potiphar, prison, rejected by the baker, rejected, rejected, rejected. Pain, pain, pain. I think the last two years of that, from that moment there, before he gets out, that'd be the worst. But then he gets out. He interprets a dream, because only they know he can interpret dreams for a pharaoh. And he moves up to the second position in Egypt because he interprets a dream. Now watch this. He stores up all this food because that's what it was about. He's an organizational guy. There's going to be a massive famine and he stores up grain for seven years to survive the famine. And at the end of seven years, now it's famine and it's hungry. And way back home in the promised land, Joseph's father, who thinks Joseph is dead, because that's what the brothers said. Your, brother's dead. Your son's dead. His dad says, I heard there's food in Egypt. You need to go there and buy some. that's where Joseph's in charge and they go there and they have an audience before Joseph they don't they don't recognize their brother because you know he's been there he's Egyptian now it's been 20 years he walks sideways I like to say that I like to say that every time you know he walks like an Egyptian 80s but uh, long story short he reveals himself to them they're scared but he cries on their shoulder. And he, and, and he gives them food. He gives them all, all the stuff they need. And go bring dad here. And they do. And dad gets to see his boy. And it's just a real good family thing, a reconciling thing. But then, dad dies. 
because dad was old. And the brothers are terrified now because Joseph has power. He's the second most powerful man on planet Earth at the time. And he can kill them if he wants to just kill them. Watch what happens. Genesis 50, verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong which we did to him? Yeah, they're scared. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father charged before he died saying, in other words, this is what dad said, Joseph. Thus you shall say to Joseph, please forgive, I beg you, the transgression of your brothers and their sin. For they did you wrong. They sure did. They did you wrong. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I in God's place? In other words, I'm not the judge of you. I'm a sinner just like you. You ever thought about that? Verse 20, then he says, As for you, to point to his brother, as for you guys, you meant evil against me when you did it. Yeah, I know. But he says, but God, there's the but God moan. Remember that? But God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. Here's what Joseph says. You did it. I know you did it to hurt me. And you did it intentionally. But after 20 years, I realized through all this stuff and how God raised me up that it was meant for good because with all the grain stored and the wisdom God gave me, I was able to, I'm able to save all of mankind and my family. I got food here. Let me tell you something, friend. God gave me this one last night. You can grow old, and we all will, or you can grow gold. You can grow old or you can grow gold. It's one or the other. See, you could take all the pain and all the hurt of your life and deal with it the way I just said in this message. And then you begin to change your disposition and you get the love of Jesus in you and you look at life differently and life gets lighter because you find rest and peace in your soul. And then God will start to bring people to you that have gone through similar situations as you, but now you're healing up and you can help them and not just feed more bitterness into them. Because you're not just growing old, you're growing gold. And everybody's got that in their life, that potential. But it's your decision. It's your decision. Jesus Christ came to give us life and that more abundantly. Why not take advantage of it? Why not heal up that soul? And it's done in little increments at a time. But you've got to start and you've got to continue. Stand up with me, please.